0: Welcome to Jets Rewind. My name is Marty Shupak, and uh, we're recording this from the studios of Valley Cottage, New York. I'm joined by Ralph Sherega in um, Massachusetts and Ray Clifford in Ohio. Today is, I guess it's Thursday, November 5th, 2020. We're recording this around 7.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guys, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful.
1: I'm great. I just finished my mail-in ballot. I'm going to mail it out. Of course, that's for 2016, though. I haven't gotten to 2020 yet.
0: Ray's sitting there uh, counting the votes, one by one.
1: (laughs) Ohio has already been decided, Ray. I hate to say it, but. uh, Anyway,
0: uh, Ralph has one of his classic trivia questions. So uh, Ralph, why don't you go ahead?
1: All right, seeing as that we're playing the Pats this weekend, the, the Brady era was from 2001 to 2019. Uh, of the three teams in the division, Miami, the Jets, and Buffalo, can you tell me, A, who beat them the most times over those 19 years, and B, how many times did the Jets beat them?
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who beat them the most? The, and did that include playoffs?
1: Uh, I didn't count the playoff uh, game. Jets were the only one who actually okay. played them in the playoffs.
0: All right, that's kind of like a crapshoot, so I'm going to take a guess. Okay, let me just do a little house cleaning. Um, the injury update uh, from today by way of uh, the great writer Rich Cimini. Sam Darnold sat out with a shoulder injury. Jameson Crowder sat out with a groin injury. Uh, Queen and Williams sat out with a hamstring. Well, that hamstring is going around like crazy. Blake Cashman sat out with a hamstring.
1: That's the next COVID, next pandemic.
0: And Nathan (laughs) Shepard sat out with a back injury. Uh, Crowder may try to practice tomorrow. Rashad Perriman moves into the next stage of the concussion protocol. I have no idea what that is. I don't know. if you So,
1: know, uh, what's the deal with Darnold? Is it, is does he look iffy for for Monday? Well, they,
0: they they expect him to practice tomorrow. Uh, so see, we'll I'm, I'm very two.
1: worried about this game. I think the Jets have a shot at winning it. So I, yeah, I'd rather him not play.
0: We're going to have to discuss that because I want to <laughs> talk about the trade value of Darnold. But um, the first thing we want to do, and Ralph very appropriately, you put about interpreting Joe Douglas's comments. Interpreting. <laughs> I didn't
1: write interpreting, did I?
0: No, <laughs> about um, Darnold and Robbie Anderson and Gase. And Gase. And, okay. and, and, Gase. and I'll, I'll just give my, a couple of uh, thoughts because one of his comments was that um, I, in a paraphrase, and I hope to straighten this out with the uh, Adam Adam Gase, that's number one. Um, and uh, the second thing is he actually took accountability for a lot of different things, which I thought was a good sign. But let me just state emphatically, and I wrote it in my column today. I wrote a column, guys, in case you haven't seen. Ray, it's my second one. Yep. And it was on prospective coaches. And I, I referred back to the press conference, and I said, if you think Adam Gase – is going to be the coach, Yeah, Forget it. There's no way he's going to be the coach. Absolutely not. So I just want to put that to bed. He also admitted making a mistake on uh, letting Robbie Anderson go, who uh, I guess is second or third in the league right now in, in receiving. Oh, don't
1: even say it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, but what I he's been taking a little bit of criticism, but what do you want the guy to say? Uh about his head coach. And what do you want to say about Sam Darnold? He said, you know, he expects him to be a starting quarterback. He's, You know, he's, he's got strong value. He's not going to throw him under the bus. Ralph? Uh,
1: no, of course he's not going to. I don't mind the Darnold thing. The Gase thing, I feel like maybe he's just saying that to get him through the season. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know whose call it's going to be to fire Gase, whether it's Johnson's or Douglas, or they talk about it. But, uh, you know, I, I guess it is the right thing to say, but it, it's just so hard to hear it when we watch this guy and know how totally in over his head and incompetent he is. So it, it put me off a little, but I suppose it was the right thing to say.
0: Ray, what are your uh, what's your reaction to the press conference? And by the way, I think it's an NFL rule that general managers have to have a press conference by halfway through the season. So I don't think he got up there out of his own um, – Goodwill or whatever. Ray? Uh
2: similar to to Ralph, I, I didn't I didn't mind the Darnold comments, but I was totally uh, I won't say irritated. I just don't know why he wasted his time saying that Adam Gase is the solution as opposed to just saying, you know, we'll look into things down the line or we're working on it or whatever, just in general. But don't make it sound. I don't like it when they give that vote of confidence when you know that's just a bunch of bull.
1: Uh,
2: there's no vote of confidence. He isn't coming back next year because if he is, he won't be here long either. Because that's just a that's just a lame duck coach, and um, <clears throat> I'm I'd rather hear him just say we're going to evaluate things at the end of the year and and deal with it that way.
0: Yeah, and. Um... It's, he's in a tough spot. I don't know what to believe. Maybe you guys have an opinion. I mean, how much was Adam Gase involved in the hiring of Joe Douglas? Now, we know Adam Gase was very involved in the firing of Mike McKagan, which was really good. And By the way, Ralph, I thought of something about if somehow the Jets hired um, Matt Rule, I think Matt... Um, Mike McCagden would still be here, wouldn't he? Uh, I don't know. Think, Think I, about I, it.
1: I'm thinking about it. What's your, th- what's your logic? I don't I'm understand. just saying it,
0: it could be better in the long run that we didn't hire Matt Rule, otherwise we would have been stuck with Mike McCagden.
2: Well, why would Mike Hagden still be here? I'm not sure I follow that one.
0: Because, because um, they hired Adam Gase right? And Adam Gase did a power play getting rid of Mike McKagan. So if you take the power <laughs> player away, he would still I, be here.
2: I don't know that I buy that Gase had a lot as much to do with that as, as just uh, it was, he, he was already, I think, a lame duck GM. I think that might have helped push it over the top, but I think McKagan was on his way out. I, I just wish Chris, uh, Chris gotcha. Johnson had, uh, had, you know, just smartened up a lot sooner and saved us all a lot of trouble and, and worked on Joe Douglas from the beginning. But I, I don't know that Gase had that much to do with it. I'm, I'm sure he had a part in it, but I, I don't think he was the only reason he was let go personally.
0: Yeah. Oh, anyway, is there any uh, problem or should we be nervous that uh, Joe Douglas owes his job to Adam Gase, or is, is he gonna have the final say? I mean, I, it's a to me, it's a fait accompli. I can't see there's any chance in him not firing him.
1: Well, I, I, I agree. My my bigger question is, how do you think he really feels about Sam Darnold? That's what I that's what I'm trying to figure out from that.
0: Well, uh, referring to the press conference, this I'll say. At one point last year, when he said he was fielding phone calls for Jamal Adams, I remember, and they haven't brought it up, and and I'm wondering why, that I field phone calls for anyone except Sam Darnold. So I'm sure that has changed. Now, let's get right into Sam Darnold. And, um, Ray, let me ask you this, because I put it down on the agenda. How much value do you think Sam Darnold is losing as the season goes on? I mean, to me, he's like almost beyond Luke Falk numbers.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I think most of these GMs know though that Sam has almost nothing to work with, so I don't think, I don't think that's the. And I, I, by the way, I think part of when you say, you know, what what uh, Douglas said about. Uh, Sam I think well it's more makes more sense for him to pump Sam up if he wants a good draft pick than just, uh, I, I
1: agree totally but I'm still wondering beyond right. that uh, right no I is, get that yeah. too
2: but when he said why you know he's, he's he's saying similar things about Sam well yeah he should pump Sam up as much as sure possible. so but um, other than that I don't think that uh, I don't think the GMs are going to be able to to lowball him too much I mean I don't think we're going to get a a huge draft pick out of Sam anyway. I'd be happy with a third, but I'd be surprised. So. Well, you know, it's amazing.
1: There's a lot of talk on the talk radio here. You know, obviously the Patriots have a quarterback problem. And, you know, the debate is, should we should we draft one? Should we pick up someone? And darnell's name comes up a lot. And I hear people, they keep saying stuff like, you know, I think we can get him for a second round pick. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 I'll take a second round
0: pick for (laughs) (laughs) him. Well, but Ralph, remember about four weeks ago, Ray, you remember this. Ralph asked us both the question Would you rather trade Donald to the Patriots for a second round pick? Yeah, right. Eagles for a third round pick. And. I jumped and I said the Eagles. I don't want him in the same division.
1: I agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I mean, unless it's between a second and a fifth, then you got to think long right. and hard. But, I'd also uh,
2: say too, though, that if we if we don't make a decision on him by the end of the year, so that we know exactly what we're doing, as soon as we've wrapped up that number one pick, his value could drop at that point because teams will be going, "Well, if you're drafting a quarterback, you're just going to release him." So. Who,
0: well, except Ralph Ford had a good point. With the number of teams that need quarterbacks, all you need really is two to get into a bidding yeah. war.
2: Well, you're right. Yeah, no, that's true.
0: But so, I mean, listen, I don't know if you guys saw the Eagles-Dallas game with Carson Wentz. I mean, what happened to that guy? He, he on a couple of plays, he was doing like a Ken O'Brien impersonation. He, he couldn't get rid of the ball, and he just ate it. And you I know,
1: I don't know if it's a mental thing, but ever since he had those bad injuries, he's never been the same. Uh, I don't know if it's the injuries or if it's it's a mental thing uh, from the injuries. But uh, this is, by the way, another, another thing about Sam Darnold that concerns me, and I've said it before. I mean, that hit he took on his shoulder, that makes me know quarterbacks. I mean, already, you know, every week it's, is he hurt or is he not hurt? That I worry about, and that's just another reason I I don't think they should keep him. And the other thing that I said in that uh, show we did
2: last time, Marty, was that he hasn't played a full season in in any season yet. He's been out for, you know, at least a couple games every year, and that's got to have teams going, well, is this guy going to be always injury prone?
0: Uh, And Ralph brought that up at the very beginning of the season. I remember we had all these different scenarios, so, so you're right.
2: And he went and got hurt again.
0: All right, we're playing the Patriots this week, and I put down a question, and I just want each of yours' opinion. Who right now is playing worse, Sam Darnold or Cam Newton? Ralph, you're up in Massachusetts. Right.
1: I, I would say if they – given equal uh, players around them, I think Darnold is playing better, actually. Really? Yeah, oh, Newton is horrible. He's just he's, – he he's lost. I don't know. You know, I mean, they always said that Belichick's offensive system is kind of complicated. I don't know if they've changed it for him, but he's lost. He has no confidence. He, he can't – his accuracy is off. And he does have a more, more stability around him. And so I think Darnold is better.
0: Ray, any opinion Not, on
1: that?
2: No, I, I think Sam's playing better. I think – I don't know what happened with Newton either. It seemed like after the first couple of weeks it looked like – man, he was, that was a great move and they were just right close to where they were before. But from the time he got back from being out with the COVID, he has not looked anything nearly the same. Um, but I, the the main thing would be is if you switch teams, I don't think Newton's making us better, but I think Sam, Sam would be thriving over in new England.
0: Ray, you brought out a great point though. Um, when they played the Chiefs before he had the COVID, they almost pulled that game out.
2: Well, that was the first game he did have, isn't it?
0: Was it right after that?
2: I think that was the first game they played without him. Oh, it was? I think so, if I'm not oh, okay.
0: mistaken. okay, then I'm
2: wrong. Then. And they played they, – because I, I, I think I was saying, man, if they had Newton, they, they probably would have won that game. Oh,
0: that's right. You're right.
1: You're right. Brian played. Hoyer played game.
2: Yeah. Right,
0: Hoyer he, played Hoyer You're was right.
2: terrible. But um, And they still were only down 13 to 10 early in the fourth. So they were still a very uh, competitive team at that point.
0: Right, very much in the game. And this week at a press conference or on his radio show, I think at WEEI in Boston, for the first time I ever heard him, uh, Bill Belichick actually was making a few excuses. Yep, And he was saying, we're getting strangled with the um, – salary cap But listen he said i have uh three championships in five years to show from it so ralph i've never heard him make excuses and even though it's a legitimate excuse i never heard it coming out of bb
1: yeah i i I know a lot of people have commented about that uh you know um having uh trouble that it it changes people you know i mean he's not used to this so uh, maybe he's getting a little defensive uh, yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. I, I certainly hope his team starts playing better because we got we got to play them twice. And uh, my fear is that we're gonna, uh, the Jets are going to win one of those games, which would be a disaster. <laughs> you no, know, it sounds funny to say that, but
0: right. And and I just want to get into that right now, Ralph. What you said, uh, games on the Jets' schedule that they might be in danger of winning. Um, looking down the road, I mean. I, at the beginning of the year I would say Miami, but right now Miami's defense is playing really good, so I wouldn't even say Miami. I mean, we'll see this week against the Patriots, but other than the Patriots, the last game of the year, if if Belichick wants to really screw us, uh, I don't see who they're gonna beat.
1: Um yeah, well I I like I said, they got the two Patriot games and uh you know their quarterback play is terrible. As far as Miami goes, I mean, Tua didn't do very much last week. You know, it's possible when we play them, he really has a meltdown because he's so young and inexperienced. Um, So that's possible. I think, San, the Chargers are are a competitive team. I don't think the Jets will beat the Chargers. And uh, who else? They have Seattle and L.A. No, they're not going to beat either of those teams.
0: So, yeah, I I think it comes
1: down to the Patriots, one of those games. And I think that would be fatal because – I am very sure that Jacksonville is going to lose the rest of the year. Out uh, Minshew is not playing; they're starting some sixth-round quarterback I've never even heard of. Let's throw him and let's see what he can do. Type thing, you know, and uh, and I think their strength of schedule is weaker than the Jets, so they'd win the tiebreaker. So,
0: <laughs> right. I was just going to ask Ray if you could tell the audience how that works, as far as the uh, draft picks uh when they pick if teams are tied just explain it well
2: it's pretty simple they uh all the one win teams although one of them will drop off this week because jacksonville and tech houston Mm. play and so they're two one win teams there'll be four of us left um so what it comes down to if there's still four of us at the end of the year which i would be surprised but uh who's the fourth uh After Houston, assuming assuming Houston Houston wins. Uh, Houston is the fourth. So then it would be Jacksonville. Giants and Jets. The the problem is then they go by strength of schedule. And the better your strength of schedule, the lower you are. So, so in other words, we had, of the teams, we had the toughest strength of schedule this year because we're playing the NFC West and everything. So we fall to the last of the
1: one-win teams. Uh, I feel like the Giants will get another win or two. They're very competitive they and they have a Washington. weak schedule. Uh, they play Washington. Uh, yeah, I think they've they're Philly again uh, or Dallas. I mean, both are terrible. I, I, yeah, so
2: they they have a lot of opportunities to win. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, the Jags are the team that probably won't win another game. And, right,
1: uh, and
0: I, I do
2: think the Patriot games are the biggest ones, but I think. The next
1: three, I mean, that's at the Chargers and then the Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins. yeah, it's like murderous row. We have three shots to win a game. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, Jacksonville plays Houston, as we said this week. Right. Yep. And Houston just uh, signed Josh McCown to a contract. I don't know if you guys heard that. that. <laughs> I did. Which I. Oh, well, maybe they're ready to end the season, the
2: huh?
1: <laughs> and he's on the roster, too. He's not on the practice squad.
0: Right, he's on the roster. I know he
1: well, I think he wants to get trade secrets about the Jets because he's uh, <laughs> he's no,
0: got I know he helps coach his son's high school team, so it works out for him. Um, guys, uh, I just want to talk about possible coaches for the Jets next year. I wrote an article today, put it up on Jets Rewind. And I'll tell you who I mentioned I went through. We went through a lot of them at one time, but I'll just quickly go through it. Jim Harbaugh, and the only reason that he's a possibility, for some reason, the uh, Johnson boys are enamored with him. They, yeah, they
1: probably want to make a splash. That's the type of thing they might want to do. It's like a Brett Favre move.
0: But, Ray, if they hire Jim Harbaugh, where does that put Joe Douglas?
1: Uh,
2: he's got a six-year contract. I don't think Joe's going anywhere. Um, and I don't know if they're leaving. Maybe they're leaving. Hopefully they're leaving it up to Joe to decide, not uh, not themselves. I don't like two non-football guys deciding who's going to coach the football team. I hope, I'm hoping Joe has control over that. And I don't want Harbaugh. Um, as a matter of fact, I went through your list, and there's
1: only the two that we talked about that I really like the idea of honestly. Harbaugh, I mean, I think his time has passed. And anyway, he, he has a short shelf life. This is a long rebuild. Uh, he's just not the right guy for a job. I don't think so either.
0: I mentioned, and Ralph had mentioned a couple weeks ago, Davo Sweeney, but he's not leaving. Uh, his whole life is like Alabama and Clemson, and like Ralph said, he'll probably oh, end okay. up going back to Alabama. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, he's going to get a job, we all know uh he's interviewed just I uh, did some research besides the Jets he interviewed the Dolphins the Buccaneers and the Bengals Ray did you know he interviewed with the Bengals
2: uh I don't remember now um he he did make the rounds so it doesn't surprise me I actually thought he was going to get hired the last time I was a little surprised that nobody took him so I'm hoping uh I'm hoping he would like the challenge of taking over the Jets and and would see the positives of it, despite all the the negatives you hear in the press continuously about why would anybody, either Trevor Lawrence or coach want to go to the Jets. And I could, I could tick off about a dozen reasons why they would be a good reason to go there is, you know, yes, they're, they're a mess right now, but I mean, there's a lot of reasons that this should be a job somebody would want.
0: Right. Um, another candidate, I put Dan Campbell. He's a tight ends coach and assistant head coach of uh, New Orleans. Yeah, you've been mentioning
1: him for a couple of years. I know you like
0: him. Well, he, he was good. I remember he took over for Joe Philbin. He was an interim coach. He was 5-12. and 12. And I remember the Giants had drafted him as a tight end. The other one is another Campbell. It's uh, Matt Campbell, who's the coach of Iowa State. With the Jets try to interview a couple of years ago. He's an interesting uh, choice, Ralph. He and is
1: interesting, yeah. I, um,
0: yeah. I just want to mention, I put in the article why the reason why I think he's an interesting choice the Jets next year, with all their holes and all their draft picks, they're going to have one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to take a college coach, but if they did, I think Matt Campbell would be a good guy. He He knows how to relate to the players. He's pretty creative, and he built a winning program at first in Toledo, and then he went to Iowa State. Go ahead, Ralph, your thoughts. Yeah, I, first of all, anyone
1: who can make a, have a competitive team at Iowa State has got to be impressive. I mean, I've been following college football for 60 years, and other than a couple of years of Johnny Majors and your old buddy Earl Bruce uh, Ray, I, yeah. th- that team is about the worst major division Major, a co- team that's at a major uh, conference, they, they never do anything. No. And he, he's made them competitive, beaten a couple of big-time teams. Yeah. That, that catches my eye. He's very young, and he's the type of guy who might be grateful for the opportunity, whereas some of these other guys might think uh, it's beneath them to go to the Jets. Yeah. So, yeah, I would keep an eye out
0: for I, him. I, I don't know, Ray, I don't know why he wouldn't uh, interview with the Jets two years ago. But Ray as you said things have changed and if they have that number one pick Ray isn't that a a really good hook to get a guy like this Matt Campbell
2: well like I said there are a lot of positives and that's one of them it's the number one pick number two they have a lot of other picks as well so a lot of the holes can be filled not just through free agency since we have a ton of we're going to have a ton of cap cap space but through the fact that we have some, you know, uh, several high picks, and we can fill some holes and, and start turning this team around fairly quickly with the right guy and with the right picks. And so I think it is a – I think he – I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be interested. Now, why he wasn't the last time, I don't know. How long was he at Iowa State at that point? He might not have felt ready.
0: Maybe but, not. Yeah, maybe a not. years later, you know,
2: things can yes. change.
0: The next two, I I spoke about Greg Roman, who um, I like. He's the offensive coordinator of uh, Baltimore. And they have a defensive coordinator, Don Wick Martindale. He's 57 years old. He's been with the Ravens for a long time. And believe it or not, he did a great job interviewing for the Giants job. Apparently, it was between him and Joe Judge. So he's a man you might want to keep an eye on. Another coach is... He's the offensive coordinator. Ralph, you may know something about him. Brian Dayball.
1: Yeah, I know Brian Dayball. I, 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 he, he has a very spotty uh, resume. He, he was with the Browns some years ago, and he did not do a good job at all. Wasn't uh, he
2: our offensive coordinator at one yeah,
1: point? Yeah, yeah. And I think he was the OC from Miami, and he, that was pretty lukewarm stuff. I, 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 I would stay away from him. Yeah. I like Greg Roman. I like the and Matt Campbell. Those would be my three top choices of that list
0: right and uh, I just wrote some thoughts at the beginning guys that um, fans usually get into this pattern if a team like the Jets has a have a horrible offense for a few years in a row they want to hire an offensive coach conversely if they have a horrible defense for a few years in a row they want to hire a defensive coach I just want to hire the best guy available who's a leader who can motivate the players, and he will, he'll coach both sides of the balls, not like Rex Ryan, not like Adam Gase. I don't want a coach that's going to sit down when like, the offensive defense is on the field and he's going to bury himself in his laminated cards sitting on the bench. So I want a coach that's a leader. To me, that's the number one uh, attribute of the next coach uh, in New York. I agree with you totally,
1: Martin. If you think about it, I think of a guy like Brian Billick, who was the offensive coordinator for Minnesota. The Ravens hired him, and they end up winning the Super Bowl with one of the greatest defenses of all time and a really average offense. I think of Belichick, who was a defensive genius, and he ends up, you know coaching the Patriots and he becomes an offensive genius. So you're right. Great coaches should be able to do both sides of the ball and, and leadership really is number one.
0: Ray, your thoughts now. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm kind of on board with that, but I don't think that to me, I think what I want to see is who he brings in as his coordinators and as his, especially his. if he's keeping Sam or even with whoever he drafts, whether it's Lawrence or, Fields or uh, I can't remember the guy's name out of uh, North Dakota, but um, his assistants Trey co- Lance. Trey Lance, I, I'd like somebody who can develop the quarterback. And then, uh, you know, if he's sitting in on both sides of the ball, that's fine with me. Tell me who your coordinators are, though. I want somebody who's strong and got certain
1: styles that I like that I You own. got a problem with da- Dowell Loggins, you mean? <laughs> Although he's been better than Gates, at least for half the game every time. <laughs> Seems like second he, half. He gets two field goals instead of one.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Here's the question for you guys, okay? Um, before we get to the next item, the Jets finish with the number one pick, okay? Behind them is Jacksonville. Behind them is the New York Giants as um, their quarterback is all of a sudden uh, regressing, just like Sam Darnold. Both teams, Jacksonville comes to them and they say, We'll switch positions with you. We'll give you a number, uh, uh, obviously, a number one this year, a number two, and a number three to switch. This year? this year, so would you switch for some nice draft picks to take Justin Field? And what would it take, Ralph?
1: You know, Justin Fields is so tough to evaluate. Ray, Ray, are they going to play a game where they're going to get some uh, pushback? I mean... You know, I guess they did get along with from Penn State, but Penn State, that's going to be their toughest one until uh, you know, because every game I watch him, he's nobody can get gets a a hand on him. He has so much time to throw. No, that
2: helps that they have one of the best offensive. Yeah,
1: runs. I mean, I'm not blaming him for it, no, but it, it, I, it's it's tough to evaluate.
2: Uh, I know what you're saying, but what I look at is what kind of routes is he throwing? And yeah. You know, that's, that's where I'm impressed with him, is it? I mean, they're not just simply run down the field, I'll heave it out there and let the guy run under it, because the DB's, you know, nowhere near him. Uh, he's putting it into pretty tight windows. He's he's throwing deep balls and short timing patterns on the money, so I like that. Um, he's more mobile than Sam um, or Lawrence, although that's what kind of, in the uh, heard him last year in the playoff against Clemson was he had twisted his knee the week or so before. So he wasn't nearly as mobile in that game, but um, I like him. He's probably not going to face any tough uh, defense again, though, until they get to like the big 10 championship and or the the college football playoffs. What about
1: Michigan? Are they playing Michigan this year? Yeah, they
2: will play Michigan, but... <laughs> Michigan lost to Michigan State. They're, yeah, I no, you know, but maybe they can is, give him a game. They might give him some pressure, though. Yeah, he some
0: pressure. What I'm getting at if the Jets hire Eric Bieniemy,
2: yeah,
0: and, and no matter what quarterback he's coaching on the Jets, whether it's going to be <laughs> uh, Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Field, it's a step down from where he's from, who he's coaching. And Pal- well, that's going to happen
1: no matter where he goes. I yeah.
0: understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But if he says to Joe Douglas, I want to take this job, but I want to draft the quarterback in college who's closest in ability to Pat Mahomes, how close is Justin Fields to Pat Mahomes the way he plays, Ray?
2: Well, style-wise, he's definitely more that style than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he can throw on the run. He can throw on the move. And Trevor and, Lawrence is very mobile and good athlete.
1: Uh, that's, yeah, uh, he. he I, I don't. I've think seen so. him make some long runs. Uh, yeah, he. I
2: mean, he's got some speed. He, he reminds me more of Sam than though than a Mahomes type. I mean, if if you're talking somebody who's gonna be able to create on the move, I think it's more Justin Fields. If you want the guy who's more the classic pocket passer, but but isn't isn't just a statue back there. He can run. He can move around. Um, but he's he's more your classic quarterback as far as Lawrence goes. So, I mean, if you want one that's that's going to emulate Mahomes in his style, you're gonna he's going to go for Justin Fields. I I, I, would.
1: I mean, a lot of this is going to come down to personal preference. Yeah. I know I hear some people saying that Fields the the, uh, the difference between Fields and Lawrence is getting closer and closer these days. So. I mean, we'll have to, like, look at them at the end of the year, I suppose. Yeah. Well, Clemson's schedule is no no, really
2: much better than Ohio State. No. It's,
1: they're playing. So, it's hard to evaluate any of this stuff based on. Definitely, when you're playing for these powerhouses. it's. Uh, you, know, well, you know, it could show up, like I
2: say, when you get to the, the, the conference championship or the. Are they having a playoff you know, this year? Yeah, they're, they're supposed play? to. So, if they get into that, then you'll see. Uh, You'll, you'll get to see more of what they've got.
0: Right. And as Ray said, Ralph, uh, we spoke off to the air. A lot of people forgot. Last year, Justin Field, he was uh, nursing, what was it, a bad ankle, Ray?
2: Yeah, well, a twisted knee and, and I think the ankle, too, was in the same thing. It, his, he wasn't nearly as mobile. Um, and if you really watched that game, Ohio State dominated it right up until they got a targeting call. And all of a sudden, everything turned. Um, and a lot well,
1: I, I'm all for Justin Fields getting as good as he can, because that's an insurance policy for Jets having to blow the first pick. A, yeah. I'll take either
2: of them, <laughs> you know, honestly. If we end up with a second pick, I'm not going to be sitting here acting like we got, you know, it's a huge yeah. drop-off. Right. I don't think it is.
0: Yeah. All right, Ralph, let's get back to the trivia question before we close this out. Is there anything else before we get to the trivia question, guys? No, I think that's about enough. Uh, Go ahead.
1: All right, it's a trivia question. Uh, In the Brady era from 01 to 2019, how many times did the Jets beat – well, how many times did the Jets beat the Pats? They they played for 19 years, so they played 38 times. And between the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, which one of those three teams beat Brady and the Pats the most during that era? Ray, why don't
0: you answer the first one?
1: Uh, I went with Miami,
2: but I, I'm not positive. Real I sp- went with
0: Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, a- I the Jets,
1: so. <laughs> uh, Miami 13, Jets 8, Bills 4. Okay. 4 out of 38. The Bills <laughs> had a rough time. Ray, take a bow.
0: Okay. And
1: Oh, I gave away the other answer. It's 8 I- times. That was just not counting their playoff win, which was worth – the other I, 25 losses. Uh, I, I said six.
0: I said six also. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So um, – One of them was a
1: Matt Castle game, by the way. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that game, the overtime game with Brett Favre? <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, that. Boy, there was
1: a moment. We thought we had a good team then, and then Boy, uh,
0: they started out great. Uh, uh, I remember that, what a that was it right there. Wow, was, I, remember, yeah. I remember calling you up and saying they got to, they got to start Kellen Clemens. I said Favre can't throw long anymore.
1: He yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He must have got hurt. Yeah.
2: Uh, he did. He got his arm hit. I think he. Gets arm, he wasn't off. the same. Like he was throwing like,
1: pop-ups, infield <laughs> fly rule.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, anyway, for Jets Rewind, this has been Marty Shupak, Ralph Shirega, and uh, Ray Clifford. Until next time.